Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Really, Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. As always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Hedke NBA. And this show is a part of the Believe podcast network. Go ahead and find the show on Twitter at Believe in Wolves. And today we are going to go through a mailbag and we're just going to talk about all things Timberwolves. I have a bunch of questions from you lovely people on, on Twitter. If you aren't following me on Twitter, like I said, at B underscore Hedke NBA. I'm occasionally going to be doing these you know, mailbag questions, question and answer segments um, throughout the course of the summer into next into next season. Um, I'm really excited to do that. I like hearing what you guys want to know. You know, sometimes I'm sitting there thinking, what am I going to talk about? Boom. Let's talk about what you want me to talk about. And today that is a mailbag and we have a bunch of different questions. But before we get in the show, I wanted to talk about my transition as a writer from A Wolf Among Wolves to Canis Hoopus. This is something that I am really excited about. Before I get into that, though, I want to just give a quick shout out to everybody at A Wolf Among Wolves. I want to thank Tim Fakeless. I want to take Lucas Seha- thank Lucas Seehofer for those who were editing most of my posts. Um, and they did an awesome job. I appreciate them a ton. I appreciate, you know, having the 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 platform to to have a voice in the Timberwolves space. Um and now I'm switching over to Candace Supa, so I want to thank Kyle Tige. He's a frequent guest on the podcast. Um, becoming a great friend of mine here through the, the Timberwolves, you know, Twitter world. And I'm just super excited to get started there. We have a great team at Canis. I don't want to forget everybody, so I'm not going to name anybody. I don't want to forget people. There's a ton of great writers, so go follow them all. Go check out CanisSupas.com. I'm super excited to start writing there and just become a, a big part of your Timberwolves experience and, and help you understand the game in a written form there. Um, and, you know, audio form, obviously, I believe in Timberwolves podcast. This podcast will be featured on canisubis.com. So if you do miss my tweet about it, it's going to be on Canis. Um, and I hope that helps this podcast grow because I'm really excited about the growth we've already seen since we started the rebrand as the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. And I am just so ecstatic of where this podcast could end up. But before we get into the mailbag episode, I do have to get a quick word from our sponsor. The NBA playoffs are off to a hot start, and one of the hottest teams so far has been the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks won their first two games against the Miami Heat and are looking like they might make a run at the finals. If you believe the Bucks have a chance to win the Eastern Conference, they are currently plus 300 on Bet Online. That's right. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back with the first question. It's from Logan Alton. Logan said, rank the rookie deal wolves from best to worst. That's Ant, Nas, Akogi, Culver, McDaniels, Vanderbilt, Balmero, because why not, he says. Noel, and just for fun, throw McLaughlin in there too. So I think this one actually comes down to be pretty easy in my opinion. We're going to go Ant. We will go McDaniels, 
Nas Reed, and then I'll go Balmero, Vanderbilt, or excuse me, Balmero, Okogi, Vanderbilt, and then McLaughlin, and then Culver. I think um, Ant, McDaniels, Nas, those are locks, top three. Or Ant, yeah, Ant, McDaniels, Nas, locks for top three, and then you kind of go down the list, and you might change it up a little bit. Did I forget Noel in there? I would throw Noel above Culver and McLaughlin below Vanderbilt. Sorry, there's a lot of lists, and I didn't have that written out. But So let's let's reiterate that. Ant, McDaniels, Nas. Then we'd go Balmero, Akogi, Vanderbilt, Noel, McLaughlin, and Culver. That is how I would rank those players. Um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory when you get down to it. You can maybe flip-flop a couple people around here and there. But I think, you know, Ant has the most upside. Jaden is just an electric defender and has some offensive upside that still has to be tapped into. Nas is Nas. Um, then you got defense with the Kogi and Vanderbilt. Balmero is the guy that some people might kind of stick out in, stick out with or whatever. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Balmero about Balmero with our next question. Um, but Balmero, I think he's going to be pretty solid. Noel, I just haven't seen a ton from him. It's hard for me to put him up higher, um, but he did show some really nice stuff this season, so I'm excited about that. Um, so let's move into the next question and. That question comes from Chad Senpai. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he said, what is a realistic expectation for Leandro Balmero and his impact to this team? Is it something fans should be excited for? I think it is. I clearly think that it is something that fans should be excited for. And I think it's something fans will be excited for when they see him, you know, potentially playing next, you know, in the summer league this summer or maybe preseason. Um, hopefully he's here next or for next season uh, to come and play with the Timberwolves. But you know, expectations are kind of weird um, when you talk about rookies. Like, what were our expectations for Jaden McDaniels? You know, they were G League expectations. Um, and for Balmero, I think I would have a little bit higher expectations than I had for Jaden. But I don't necessarily think Balmero's play is going to be as good as Jaden's play was. The thing I like about Balmero, he's a higher energy. Um, you know, he's basically a guard at about 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he plays with a ton of energy. He's a hound on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he gets through screens pretty well, um, and his shooting is starting to come around where he's been a pretty good shooter, but on really small volume. Like, I think he's shooting over 40% for this season, but he's also shooting like one three a game or half a three a game. He's just not shooting the ball a lot, but he is, you know, playing really, really solidly. Um, when he is shooting the ball, he's shooting the ball solidly. It's just not that high of volume. So I think that's a reason why, you know, might want to push back on how great of a shooter he's going to be. But I think he could be a serviceable shooter where, you know, better than Ricky Rubio. You know, he's not going to take five threes a game and knock him down at a 40% clip per se. But maybe he does come in and he shoots, you know, 37% on a three and a half a game. You know, that's that's some sort of spacing that the Timberwolves don't even have with Ricky Rubio. So I think that's exciting. Um, And his playmaking is something that is going to be really fun when he does come over. Like I said, I hope it's next season, especially if the Timberwolves don't get this draft pick. Bringing in Balmero um, would kind of help, you know, ease that pain of not getting a top-tier player in this draft. You still have a rookie to come in that gives you a fresh face on the roster, gives you some new energy, um, and fills a roster spot that maybe you don't have to pay a huge price for someone for his services like that. But I really think that uh, Balmero is going to be a solid rotational player I think if you throw him out there in a lineup with D'Angelo Russell you're going to have one of the best passing backcourts in the league obviously not probably not the best but one of the best and that's just super super exciting uh, when you think about that um 
But yeah, it'd be fun. Throw some defense in there. I think you can expect for him to come over and, you know, be a contributor defensively right away. Um, and be a solid passer, and then it's just going to be what other parts of his offensive game kind of come into fruition as the season goes on. But hopefully he's here next year. Like I said, um, I think he'd be a really fun player. The next player I want, or the next question I want to get to is from Rob at The Sportsman. And he said, he asked if the Wolves should bring back Vando. And if so, what's the max they should be willing to pay to keep him? I'm a proponent for bringing back uh, Jared Vanderbilt. He's entering restricted free agency. I don't know if the Timberwolves will go out there, let him set his market, or if they're going to, you know, offer him a contract, kind of how they did with Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, I would personally let his market get set by by another team. Um, I don't think his market's going to be too high, but you know, he's an impactful defender and he rebounds the ball. I could see a playoff team throwing half of their mid-level exception at him, maybe throwing him $5 million a season. If that is the case, I don't think the the Timberwolves can really, you know, warrant bringing him back for $5 million. But if it's $3 million, yeah, I for sure bring him back. I want him back here. I just don't think we can warrant spending that much money on him when he's not the answer at the power forward. And you already spent, you know, $6, 7000000 million on Wancho Hernan Gomez there. I don't think you want to overpay just in fear of, like, losing value because you traded for him and even though he was kind of a throw-in um you know you don't want to overpay in fears of losing that trade so i i would say if i'm the timberwolves i would bring jared vanderbilt back but it'd have to be for like three million dollars or less which i think is totally possible but you never know um i didn't think wancho would get the money he did not that it's a completely like asinine amount but it is you know a slight overpay at the very the very best so i would bring back vando on a cheap deal. I like him. I like his energy. And I like what you can do with him defensively. And I think his offensive game, um, not that he's ever going to be a shooter, but I think that it does, I think he is going to flourish a little bit, especially if he starts catching the ball well. But outside of that, um, I wouldn't pay $5 million bucks for him. I think he's still a little too unproven. And I don't think the Timberwolves have the, the cap flexibility to do that. Um, but if they decide to, I won't be necessarily mad about it. I just don't think it would happen. Next question comes from Boo at BC View 84. He said, who on this Wolves team should play in Summer League and who do you think will play? Um, and then next part of the question, what are some things you would like to see? Like to see those that play in Summer League work on. Um, so the players that I think should play in the Summer League and probably will play, you know, I think you're going to get uh, Nas Reed in there. Jaden McDaniel said he was going to be playing in Summer League. Jarrett Culver, if he is healthy and ready to go, definitely should be playing there. Jalen Noel. Um, Jordan McLaughlin, if he's back, Jared Vanderbilt could benefit from some summer league. If he gets brought back, I don't know how that all works contract wise and whatnot. Um, Anthony Edwards, I would be surprised if Anthony Edwards plays in summer league. Usually guys that are vying for the rookie year, they're not coming back for summer league the next year. Um, Balmero, if he's here, he definitely should be in summer league. Um, I'm probably missing some guys, but you know, all those young guys, you know, the guys on the rookie scale contracts, uh, definitely should be in the summer league conversation. Um, speaking of like what specific players should work on JD McDaniels, I think you just got to get that guy, the ball in his hands and let him go to work and see what he can open up in his offensive game. You know, let him run some pick and rolls, let him, you know, shoot off the movement a little bit. Um, let him develop some ball handling skills, that type of thing. Jalen Noel, I think you let him kind of cook too with the ball in his hands, but to really work on, I think, you know, his defense is something that definitely could use improvement. I don't, I don't really know. What he is as a defender, we haven't seen him in like a, a really big sample size to kind of be sure of what he is. But I think just letting him get more minutes against like really solid competition would be good. 
Uh, Nas Reed, just continue working on defense, continue working on his body, um, probably try and work on some rebounding against lesser competition. I think that would definitely help him. Uh, Balmero, just getting him time with, with the other guys, I think would be important for him. And then Jared Vanderbilt, just, you know, letting him just play more minutes. The guy's played like 90 games in his career. Um, he just needs more time at an NBA type level. So all those guys, they just need more time. They just need some cohesion, play together. Um, and I think that stuff's going to come. I think all those guys should be at summer league if, you know, if it's possible, but I'm excited for it. I I'm going to be really invested in summer league probably this year for like probably the first time uh, I would have been invested in it last year, but it obviously didn't happen. So yeah, I think that's a really intriguing thing to thing to think about. But, uh, the next question to that we have here comes from Wes. It says, to me, it feels like the next step for this team is a set of high-quality role players. What types of players would you look to add and where? I think the important one would be getting a high-quality uh, power forward option. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a star. Somebody better than than Wancho Hernan Gomez. Somebody better than Jared Vanderbilt. When you're talking like a, you know, like a Jamichael Green type or a... Yeah, like a P.J. Tucker-esque player, but obviously I think you want to go bigger than that. I think you do want to go, you know, a good size player next to Cat. Um, so I think, you know, just getting a high quality, I don't have a specific player in mind right off the top of my head, but getting a power forward, getting somebody to play next to Cat that's going to be able to defend the rim um, and allow and allow Cat to, you know, still be who he is offensively. And that player is going to need to be able to probably space the floor a little bit, hence why Jared Vanderbilt isn't really the answer there, but I think I think he's definitely Wes. I think you're totally right. I think that definitely you need a couple high quality role players. The question is, how do you get those role players? You can obviously spend your mid level exception. You could maybe get one guy with that, or you can get two lesser guys if you split it up a little bit. I don't know exactly who those players are, but I think that definitely is the next step. Um, and also, it's going to depend on what happens with the draft um, this year. And, or the draft lottery, excuse me, and then if Balmero comes over, those definitely change things. But I, I agree, we definitely need some quality role players, and Wes is, you know, Wes is right with that, saying that. So I definitely agree with you there, Wes. Uh, the next player, I want to, or the next question, excuse me, I want to bring up is from Jeff Thompson, and his question was, is McDaniel's the answer next to Towns, or is he better suited as a three? Who's most likely to go this off season? Uh, he's got a bunch of questions. Hold on. Let me backtrack. Is McDaniels the answer next to Towns, or is he better suited as a three? Short answer, I do not think he is the answer. I think he is maybe the one of the best options on the Timberwolves, but I don't think that's uh, his... I really don't think that the power forward position is the best, um, you know, the best option or the best position for Jaden to be playing. I think that Jaden really needs to focus on becoming a three and I think the the coaching staff not the coaching staff the front office needs to focus on getting a player in here to play next to Cat so that Jaden can focus on being a three and I was at the Timberwolves second to last game against the Boston Celtics at Target Center and I actually asked Chris Finch pregame if they're looking to develop Jaden McDaniels more as a three or a four this offseason um and he said that he would love to see Jaden McDaniels at the small forward position going forward you know it adds a lot of length to Minnesota size and he said but he can easily be a four but the way that um, the way that Chris worded it, it sounded like we want him to be a three unless we can't find a four. So I think it's really on the coaching, or excuse me, on the front office to go out there, find that power forward that's going to stick next to Cat, 
Maybe you luck out and you get one in the draft. Maybe you somehow get Evan Mobley and you think that's the pairing for Cat. Maybe you go out and make a trade for a Miles Turner or someone like that. Uh, but just going out there, finding a player to play next to Cat at the four, add some good length, some rim protection. Allowing Jaden to be a three is one of the best, best things. Another thing that Chris Finch said, um, he mentioned that, you know, the two positions, power forward, small forward, obviously, um, offensively are really similar. Um, in their system, but he did say that he thinks Jaden is someone who can operate in in the pick and roll as the ball handler, which we haven't really seen a lot of this season. I think we saw less than 20 total pick and rolls ran with Jaden as the ball handler, and they're more of like end of clock situation type things. But at the end of the day, you know, that is um, something that, you know, I would love to see, and that goes back to the Summer League thing. I would love to see Jaden run through those things um, in summer league, and I'm really excited for that. But to go back, I think Jaden as a three. When you talk about being six ten, obviously being a little bit too skinny to play that power forward position, but being a great defender, moves his feet really well. Then you can switch him up to the four if you have to to guard the Julius Randles and stuff of the world. You can switch him all the way down to the point guard to guard Kyrie Irving, guard James Harden at the two. You know his defensive versatility is something that is unmatched for a rookie, I would say, and that's what I really like about him. And I love that at the three. Because if you're talking about a starting lineup of D'Angelo Russell at the one, you know he's six foot four, um, with good good wingspan length. Um, Anthony Edwards, he doesn't have the greatest wingspan, I don't think. I could be wrong on that. I actually don't know what his wingspan is. I'm gonna look that up quick. But um, anyways, he's a big dude regardless. Uh, playing there at the two, you know he's six four. Oh, he has a six nine wingspan, so he's huge wingspan for a for a uh, shooting guard. And then talking about the three being Jaden McDaniels he's 6'10 D'Angelo Russell has a 6'10 wingspan as well the point guard so you're talking about say it's Evan Mobley say it's Evan somebody with like a seven foot plus wingspan at the four or five and you switch cat around whatever you have 6'10 wingspan with D'Lo at the one 6'9 with Ant at the at the two I believe that um Jaden McDaniels has like a 6'11 or seven foot wingspan then you have cat who has like a seven foot something wingspan then you get Evan Mobley or whoever has a seven foot three wingspan. If that works out, great. Otherwise, you have Miles Turner maybe at the four. If you kind of, you know, go out there and trade for him or whoever it is, somebody with a seven foot wingspan. That's length. That's insane length. That's gonna really help you defensively, even when guys like D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards might not be the best defenders in the world. So that's a lineup I would really love to see, and that's why I want Jaden to be at the three. But like Chris Finch basically said, you know, it depends on who they bring in for the four. Um, but great question, Jeff. I, I love that question. Um, and I, I actually asked Chris Finch that question too, and it sounded like he wants him to be a three. Um, that would be his preference. The next question Jeff asked is, who's most likely to go off this season for those not on expiring deals? And by going off, I believe he means like, or like they to go this season. Sorry, go this off season. My bad. I, re- I misread that. Who's most likely to go this off season? I think it's Ricky Rubio. Um, and then I would say second is probably like Malik Beasley. I think those two, those two players who are under contract are the most likely. Obviously, you know, people that are more likely are like Ed Davis. He's gone, you know, things like that. But um, I would say it's Ricky Rubio and then J- and then uh, Malik Beasley. Ricky just didn't play up to expectation. Uh, Malik played really well, and that might raise his trade value a little bit. Um, but I really don't, especially if Balmero comes over, I don't really think Ricky's going to be here just because... I think they're going to want to get minutes for Balmero and let Ant run point guard a bit and let 
D'Lo work. I just don't see a place for Ricky Rubio really on this roster. The only thing that I think really benefits is the, you know, the Ant thing, like the development of Ant and how much does having Ricky Rubio help you there. And I agree, it definitely does help you, but I don't think it's the only thing that you you kind of take into consideration. But like Jace Frederick talked about, um, or we've heard Dane talk about Jace Frederick talking about this, um, you know, maybe you don't want three more wins in a season um, if it hinders the development of Ant. And I, and I kind of get where Jace is coming from. I just think, I just wonder how much development would be hindered if, if, if Ant didn't have Ricky Rubio. But that's something you'll never know. You're going to see one side of it. You're going to either see Ricky with Ant for another year or you're going to see um, Ant without Ricky for, for this season. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, Ricky's obviously on a big contract, so that's why I think he's likely to be moved if he can be the cap filler in some sort of deal. But yeah, I, I think um, those two, Malik Beasley, Ricky Rubio, are the most likely to go this offseason. Um, and his last question was, what would it take to trade back into the first round, and is it worth it? It would take a lot, and for the Timberwolves, it's probably not worth it unless you can trade up into like the top five. Um, and if you don't have a first-round pick at all, it's really, really going to be tough, um, especially especially with uh, the fact that you don't have like a player you'd really be willing to dump to get up there. So I would say it's probably not worth it. If you don't get the pick, you just live with it, and you just move on with your life. The next question comes from HustlePlay3000, which is at Joe Silber's my one. I Sorry, these, some people's ads, really difficult to, to kind of read off the top of your head. Anyways, HustlePlay3000, what do you think is the likelihood Rubio's here next year? I just talked about that. I don't think it's super likely, but I also, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, How do you see him fitting, Um, and how would you see him fitting in seeing as how he and D'Lo seemed unplayable together? Um, I think... D'Lo and him playing together isn't atrociously bad if Carl Anthony Towns is also on the floor, and that's more says more about Cat than it does about the pairing of of uh, D'Lo and Rubio. Um, so I don't, it doesn't work very well. You know, Rubio doesn't space the floor enough to not have the ball in his hands, but you don't want to take the ball out of D'Lo's hands all game long either. So I don't think it. It's a very awkward fit, and that's what he said. He says seems like a most awkward fit in the team, especially considering his contract. And I agree with you there. Definitely an awkward fit. Contract doesn't help the situation at all. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's very awkward. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Jeff Koenig, maybe Koenig. Jeff, we're going to go Koenig. OE sometimes makes that A sound. We're going to go Jeff Koenig. He said, if they land the first pick, are they taking Cade with D'Lo already? Um, are they? I don't know. I'm not in the front office. Should they? I would say yes. Cade uh, Cunningham is a six foot eight guard, so he's like built like Luka Doncic um, when you talk about like size, and that's just something that is so beneficial because you can play a traditional point guard or a traditional point guard sized player next to him and not really let that totally ruin your offense. Um, so if you had a lineup of say D'Lo Ant. Cade Cunningham, Jaden McDaniels at the four then, I guess, and then Cat. I think it's really an interesting lineup. I think Cade Cunningham's a great defender. I think you'd be able to to defend um, three as well. I think Ant might work into some defensive things this summer and maybe be able to be a solid defender as well. But I think, again, that's some good length that you're getting there and just some, some guys that really know how to play basketball. When you talk about D'Angelo Russell's court vision... Uh, Cade Cunningham, I think, is a really good passer, a good shooter, and a great defender. 
Uh, Anthony Edwards is a smart basketball player and is just unstoppable. And then Cat is Cat. I mean, Cat is just freaking ridiculous, man. So I think that'd be a really fun lineup, especially with Jaden McDaniels being there. You know, you could hide D'Lo or Ant on a on a bad four. You know, if you're playing some team that the four is just no, a nobody, you just kind of go out there, throw D'Lo on them or throw Ant on them, and and I think you're doing pretty good. But Regardless to say, I think they do take Cade. Um, I haven't dove fully into draft stuff, but I have you know, looked into Cade, Evan Mobley, the top-tier guys, because those are the only guys the Wolves are really going to be able to get if they get their lottery pick. And I think Evan Mobley is, a like I talked about earlier, that'd be a tremendous selection as well. Just depends what they're kind of viewing there. I think Gerson Rosas has shifted his mindset a little bit to kind of look back and think, you know, maybe we're shifting to a to a system where two bigs isn't the worst thing in the world. So... I don't know. Um, I think if they get the two pick, they for sure go Mobley over someone like Suggs or Green or Kuminga. But with the one pick, I would still take Cade at this time. You know, there's room for me to change if I decide later after I look at more. Maybe I want to take Mobley one. You know, let me be honest. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does, I mean, I still, you know, reserve the right to do that. But as of now, I'd say they take Cade. And I I don't think it would fit bad with D'Lo. I think D'Lo and Cade could both operate off ball, you know, pretty well they're both knockdown shooters I mean heck you could have both those guys off ball some possessions and you have Ant running the show I just think that brings a ton of offensive options and I don't think that's ever a bad thing um the way D'Lo has been willing to play with Ricky I won't say it worked the best but I think that's more on Ricky's end than D'Lo's end the way that he's been willing to play with Ricky and let Ant run the show a little bit um I think that goes that tells me that Cade and D'Lo would work together just fine um so thanks jeff for that question awesome question but i i I do think they still go with Cade. the next question comes from grant anderson he said the million dollar question going forward is whether ant is the real deal can he be a top 20 player he said the eye test second half of the season and his age say yes and the minnesota wolves we can't have good things energy and national media say maybe how can we believe in ant or how much can we believe in Ant? grant let me tell you I think we can believe in Ant more than any player we've believed in before since Kevin Garnett, maybe since Cat. I would say with the way that wings are valued in this league, I would say we can believe in Ant slightly more than we could believe in Carl Anthony Towns as a rookie. Um, obviously, we saw Cat as a rookie. He was a great rookie. He run rookie of the year. He looked awesome. But man... Anthony Edwards as a wing player, a wing player that the Timberwolves haven't had anybody like him as a rookie. I mean, we had Jimmy Butler, totally different, you know, more of a defensive-minded guy. But when you have Anthony Edwards, who could potentially become one of the better scorers in the league, yeah, I think he could be a top-20 player. Will it happen next season? No. Will it happen in two years? Probably not. Um, But, you know, I think he's going to be a top 60, 50 player next season. I think he's going to be you know, that good. And I think his trajectory is just going to be off the charts. Um, so I think I think we can really believe in him. I get what you're saying. We can't have good things. But we have Cat. Cat's been a really good player. Um, we've had good players in the past. We just haven't had a culmination of them. And I think we're starting to get to the point where we actually might have that. And that's just really exciting. So I would say believe in Ant as much as you want to and then some more. And then tack on a few more points, Grant, because I really think Anthony Edwards is the real deal. Um, and I'm really excited for that. Hustle Play 3000 again back with another question. He said, "Also, any preferences slash predictions for Finch's coaching staff?" That's an interesting one. 
And I'm going to be honest, I don't know assistant coaches around the league too well. So I don't really have any predictions and or preferences. I would say bring in somebody that knows what the hell they're talking about on defense. I think that would really help this team. But other than that, I don't really have any preferences. I think Pablo Prigioni is probably going to be back. Um, they have some history together um, on coaching staff. So I would say those those two will obviously be here. Um, but outside of that, just bring in somebody who knows how to play defense and teach it to, you know, Ant and Cat and Delo and Jaden and Josh and Vando and all those guys, Nas Reed. I think those are all really important things is teaching those guys how to be a solid defensive team. You know, maybe top 20 in the league would do wonders for this squad. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say is bring in somebody who knows what they're talking about on defense. Um, Chaz Mardukis. That's what the, the thing is. The ad is Aaron Upin. Um, he says, how much stronger will Nas Reed get this summer? If you're talking about physicality, I have no clue. It depends how much he hits the weight room. Um, if you're talking about strong as like a basketball player, just being a strong player, I think he's going to be even better next year than he was this year. Because again, he's only like 21 years old. I think, you know, he's a really young player and that's really exciting. So I think he's gonna be a solid player next year. And then the last last question comes from Alex Martinez. He says, do you think we can trade for Miles Turner? Yes, I do think we could trade for Miles Turner. Do I necessarily think we will? No, I don't think you can ever be sure of trading for someone. Um, but I think it's possible. It's just how much would you have to pay for it and would it be worth paying that price? You know, all those mid-tier players, you could always trade for them. Miles Turner is not untouchable. The Timberwolves could make it work, but would you be willing enough to give willing to give up the asking price for him and that's where i don't know you never know trades trade markets is so weird sometimes players trade value is much higher than you maybe expected it to be and sometimes it's lower than you expected it so i don't know i would love to have miles turner on this team i don't think he's the perfect player i think he'd be a better you know use of 18 million dollars than ricky rubio is i think he'd be a solid option next to cat on defense um, he can, you know, move his feet a little bit as a four. He can protect the rim much better than Cat can at the five. Offensively, he can knock down shots. Um, and I don't think he's going to really take the ball away from the star players. But I don't know. I think it's an interesting fit. I don't think it's a perfect fit. I don't think it's a bad fit by any means. I just think it'd be a to-be-determined type of fit. But I do love the idea of bringing him in and seeing what it's worth. The only thing is, what do you pay to get him? Do you give up a first-round pick in the future i don't really know what that looks like so i would just say overall um anthony or excuse me um miles turner would be a a good option he'd be an intriguing option but i don't really know much past that how much we'd have to pay to get him or anything like that um but yeah outside of that i don't really have any other questions so thank you to everybody who submitted these questions be on the lookout in the future for other possible mailbag episodes but again thank you so much for listening um oh and one more thing Draft lottery, I believe, is June 22nd. So start praying now. Start, you know, talking to the basketball gods, asking them to send you some good energy as a Timberwolves fan, see if we can get a top three pick, because that would really open the door for a lot of things. Um, I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, They just redid the, uh, excuse me, they just drew for the lottery odd type thing where, like, tiebreakers and things like that. And I just took a tankathon spin earlier today, and the first spin of the day had the Hornets jumping up to number one so let's pray that doesn't happen let's pray that's the wolves instead of the hornets and we can have a great summer excited to hit this off season hard up and running again i appreciate you all for listening so much this has been the believe in timberwolves podcast i will be 
back next week. I don't know if I'll have a guest. I'll be solo. We'll see. Topic to be determined. But again, for the last time, this has been the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you all for listening. I will see you soon. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.